Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museum will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show. Founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Ms. Fulgurchi. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, Come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you are a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. 
Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, welcome back. Our next guest is a best-selling author of the books Healing Happens and Practice. Inspires people to experience boundless energy, absolute happiness, and true success in order to live the best life possible. For over 15 years, she has been serving thousands of people worldwide as an award-winning international keynote speaker, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, healing breakthrough facilitator, and global dancer. So without further ado, let's welcome Avital Miller to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Avital. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on a show of such great impact. Awesome. Thank you. And I know you're, you lead a busy life and uh, we're obviously on the road. So uh, it's great to have you here and uh, able to actually fit us in and give us the honor of having you here. Yeah, thank you so much. It's it's just a thrill to be able to figure out how to do this, to do this on the road. I've had this dream of regularly being a speaker on the road for a very, very long time. And I had postponed us before thinking, oh no, I can only do this at home. And then it finally hit me. I'm not at home so much. I'm just gonna <laughs> have to figure out how to adapt to this dream lifestyle. And I understand hundred percent. I did the same thing when I first started doing this. I would just postpone because I'm on the road for my day job. Then realized a laptop and a microphone can go with me anywhere I go. And uh, I just have to fiddle with the backgrounds and make sure people don't see things they don't need to see in my background. <laughs> <laughs> I have to work on that a little bit. <laughs> You're good. I, mean, I can see if anything's going to happen to you. So I can yell and tell you to run or hide at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got, everyone's watching my door for me, <laughs> watching my back for me. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I gave a, basically a two sentence uh, brief about you there. If you don't mind, tell the Misfit Nation a little bit more about yourself from as far back as you want to go to how we got to what we're doing now. Yeah. And would it also be okay to preface my story before going into my story? The reason yes. is I've probably told bits and pieces of my story a thousand times by now because I've been in so many talks and have had so many blog posts and articles out there, a few books too. And I've listened to hundreds of talks. I've also heard the stories of hundreds of clients. And when I was taught to be a speaker, I was taught to really go into the emotions of our pain point of the story. And I find myself these days just wanting to breeze through quickly what my pain points are and then get to what we can make of life. And the reason why I'm saying this is because first of all, what I realize is that we all have a story. So when I share the bits and pieces of my story, 
you all listening might find things that you can relate to in there or just know too that you have a story as well and to think of where I took things. What did I do with my story? And then open up, unlock that door of the potential for yourself when you hear these things. So I wanted to preface that because because I, I want us all to feel like it's really our story too and, and not just my story. And one of my PR reps nicknamed me a one-woman campaign against you'll never because not only that, I've had the wonderful gift of being given a lot of different types of challenges. And I say that that's a gift because now I get to relate to a lot more people with the different types of challenges that they have and how to support people through that. And there is the, the big one that we tend to hear about is my health and healing story. And that's me healing from an autoimmune disorder beyond what was expected. And I was a 25-year-old yoga and fitness instructor teaching 25 to 30 classes all over town known as the Energizer Bunny. But that's when I started having the, yes, the Energizer Bunny. You can see that I'm back at the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> but for a while there, I, I was having fatigue. And some of my friends joked, they said, oh, so now you're like a normal person. I was like, no, 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 no. This is your body weighing like a ton of bricks. This is you sleeping hours and hours at a time. This is your muscles turning to fat. This is your hair falling out. This is not normal sleeping. And um, th this is me starting to wonder as the doctors are figuring out what's wrong and you're not getting better. Am I going to die? Right? What is this leading to? But I kept a vision in my mind. I just knew that I would have opportunities to really help lots of people in the future. And there was just no way I was going to be taken out of the game and of life that young. So that really kept me going and working through that. And I did everything. So I really looked into all the different aspects of understanding health and healing, all different types of medical practitioners and books. And that was when I started to heal. And then they made a joke that I was going from medication to meditation because one of the big things I was doing was starting to meditate. Uh, meditate, it's, it's not just about shifting our mindset and elevating our energy, but it's also releasing stress. And stress is one of the biggest causers of disease. Now, stress is a huge thing. Because then I could tell you all these other little little pain points, like my ballet teacher in college pulling me aside, telling me that I wouldn't amount to anything as a dancer. Yet shortly after college, I found myself performing at the Miss South India pageant, nationally televised and in front of thousands of people. I was told that I couldn't write. Well, I felt inspired to put my story and the stories of other people healing from terminal diagnoses into a book. Healing Happens, Stories of Healing Against All Odds. And my book hit bestseller on Amazon. It won four awards and it sold over 900 copies in the first year, which I've been told is really good for a new no-name author. So these are things that we can think about too when we're told that we can't do something, that we're not good at it, that maybe we could actually excel at it if we really feel drawn in that direction. I had an abusive marriage. 
And then there's just finding my voice, finding my life direction. I, I have an engineering degree. So what am I doing? Being a motivational speaker. Those were all transformations that I had to go through. Definitely. I, I've seen you went to Washington University in St. Louis. I lived out there for a year after I uh, got out of the Army to work out there. And I've seen that. And then mechanical engineering, then all this other stuff about dance. I was like, that's, that's a whole different genre. But I, you excelled at what you did. And you live by a motto that the Misfit Nation also does, challenge accepted. When you, you told you can't do something, you have to do it. And uh, I personally was told I could never run again after I got wounded in Afghanistan. Okay, challenge accepted. So I ran a marathon uh, less than a year later. So about just about a year year later, I ran a marathon just to prove the world that I, to me, I can do it. And then, of course, to the doctor who said I couldn't do it, that I can do it. That's amazing. Good for you. That's also a quick recovery. It's not just that you did it, but you turned things around quickly. Challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Hard hard head and challenge. (laughs) Yeah. But you, yeah. you've taken the challenge to another level by saying, like they told you, you're the person that said it takes, you can't, and it makes it, I can 100% of the time. So I hate to be the next person that tells you you can't do something and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved it. it. It just finally occurred to me because I had such a desire to share. I was the sales and marketing director at a book publishing company, and I was sharing other people's voice but I have my own messages. And at this point, now I'm in the publishing world. I'm seeing what does it take to put your voice out there? So just having that courage, it finally occurred to me, well, if I can't write, then I'll just go learn how. You, you just open the door. That's the key. When, when somebody gives you those shut doors, you don't have to shut the door. You just say, how do I open the door? It's this constant fun game when you feel like you can't do something, when you feel like something is hard, where is the opportunity? Where are things going? I went to one class, just one class, and felt inspired to go ahead and write. And I got an editor. I didn't have to do it on my own. (laughs) That's outstanding. A lot of people aren't that lucky to have an editor to help you, so that's outstanding. Now you have how many books out now? Ah, uh, wait. Well, I have one one full book that I'm I'm the one who put it together. Even though it's it's the voices of a lot of people because I interviewed all those health and healing experts in the book. Um, and then I'm I have a chapter in a book called Practice: Wisdom from the Downward Dog, and <laughs> that's a collaboration with about fifty yoga instructors. We had the tables turned on us because we're used to telling people, okay, this is how you want to integrate spirituality in your life and be happy and do yoga postures, whatever aspect of yoga we're working with. And then we were asked, what is spirituality to you today? Like, what are your biggest struggles that you've been overcoming? How do you live this practice? And in that book, I'm actually sharing my story of leaving a yoga community. And it it was this isolated environment with a a very strong set of beliefs. And it's a very beautiful place. And it was starting to not feel right. But I really thought my truth was coming from them. So I had to break through 
to creating my own truth and trusting that, even if it was going to be a slightly different path, because there were a lot of people that I was inspired by and wanted to follow in their footsteps and to say, how could I do this in a different way? Because their way isn't feeling right completely. Um, so that that was a huge, huge thing for me to overcome. I created a book that uh, was a, a collaboration with one other person, and it was out of an event that I hosted, a charity event to help feed our hungry kids in America. It was a beautiful, extravagant event, uh, but really, I'm a motivational speaker. So I secretly implanted all these ways that we could be uplifted, expanded, and opened up in the event. And the book has all these pictures of people holding these little keep smiling cards. It's really cute. Um, we, we, it was a black tie, devil and angel themed event. So it has all these wonderful photos of everyone in there. Uh, but what I did was I put, I think, seven of the principles that I snuck into the event also written into the book. So kind of fun to have this this fancy ball have a book coming out of it. Um, I'm in I'm in a couple more books as well <laughs> with some of my stories. So a lot of collaboration. So you, you, you like the teamwork aspect. That's a, something that really helps writers, especially when they're when they're growing to get noticed and get that get your feet your traction and run. I guess. And having been in the marketing side of the, the publishing world, it kind of helps you to understand what you really need when you start doing it yourself. Yeah. 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 If you, if you pay close attention when you're working with another book company, I mean, I probably learned a lot more when I was working for the publishing company than putting my book in a collaboration. Um, it's 20 million times easier to put a chapter in a collaborative book than put your own book together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can understand that myself. Uh, I wrote mine on a, on the, the whimps of my daughter told me I need to write it. So I wrote it and uh, she was my editor since she had a degree in creative writing and stuff. So she was my editor and uh, it was rough having her edit for me, but I was able to get through that. And uh, it was, it was rewarding at the end to have her be my editor and me publish a book. And after being on a book tour with her, when she published her book. Yeah. What was rough about the process for you? Of editing. Having to listen to her tell me I'm bad or uh, I'm saying things like I, well, I'm writing things like I speak. I can't do that. I, you can't do that, Dad. You can't do that. You can't do this. I'm trying to write like I like I speak because it's my voice, but she didn't she didn't want to hear that stuff. But after two months of editing, we got it published and it, it's out there. <laughs> yeah. No, I I understand that too. It is kind of hard when that when the editor comes in and they know how things should be written. And right. how people's minds read things, and they're like, "She's changing my words. She's <laughs> changing my words." It's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you go from Washington University in the heart of St. Louis, right outside of Forest Park, there, all the way to India to dance? <laughs> how did I go to India? Well, I mean, where did I go in between? I mean, I got hired at Microsoft. I lived in Seattle and um, quit Microsoft after two years and traveled around the world. I didn't make it to India yet. Um, <laughs> I traveled to other places before that. And I had always wanted to live in California. So I moved to California. And then um, what did I do? I think that after after I traveled for a year, this is, this is what happened. Uh, this is what changed my perspective. So I was working at Microsoft. I mean, this is like the, the pinnacle of what anyone could reach straight out of college is getting a job at Microsoft and then going, whoops, 
That's not who I am. I'm just following what I think that I was brought up to be. <laughs> so we don't know these things at age 20. Um, we, ha we have this wonderful system of pushing all of us in into college and into careers. And I'm glad there's so much more flexibility in, in careers these days for people to, to change things around. Um, but back then it was like, you choose for life. And, and, and I'm going, well, this, this isn't feeling good. And so I was traveling the world. I grew up as a gymnast and a dancer. So fitness it was already a huge thing. And by this point, I'm already doing yoga and Pilates. And when I'm traveling, I'm wearing a backpack and I'm in hostels and I'm camping out in jungles and beaches. I'm rarely alone. So I'm almost always in public. So whenever I'm doing my practice of my fitness, people are seeing me. And this was the time. So I don't tell you how old I am, but this was the time that people started to do yoga in US where people were hearing of it, but not everyone was doing it. So everyone was curious, which meant they saw me doing it and they were curious. So I just kept getting approached by people to uh, practice yoga. And after a while of doing this, it hit me. I was like, oh, maybe I don't need to go back to US and rejoin the corporate world. Uh, you know, I've been seeing all these people have a different focus and different paradigm of belief system. And then I'm inspiring a lot of people through the yoga and fitness and, you know, the health and that whole arena is, is definitely an area that I know a lot of. So that's how I started going in, in that direction. And I just kept going there. I became a fitness director, a teacher trainer. So very determined in that direction. I think whatever I do, right, I tend to be very determined. So when you're determined, you're also thinking about, well, how do I do this in the best way? How do I go to the source, the root, right? That's India for yoga. Um, so I went to India so that I could study the yoga in more depth. And I tacked on, I studied Ayurveda, which is an ancient Indian medical science. And then I just happened upon a um, I went to go get my sari sewn. I liked wearing the Indian clothes while I was there. And I was at this shop in the shopping mall to get it sewn. And I hear this music. What's that? Remember, I'm a dancer. I'm going to hear music. I'm like, what's going on? And in the middle of the day, and they're like, it's a dance studio. I'm like, really? <laughs> I walked by the dance studio and I'm peeking in. And they're like, do you want to come in? I'm like, okay. And then I'm still watching and watching them. and. Remember, I'm I'm traveling for about three months in India. I don't really have anywhere to go. I don't have anything I need to do. I can just sit there and watch them. And then they said, hey, we're going to a show tonight. That that was an amazing thing on its own, but that's a whole other story. We're going to a show tonight. And uh, would you like to join us? I said, sure. So I drive all the way out to where the show is, and we have plenty of time to connect. So then they go, hey, why don't you come to dance rehearsal tomorrow? Because now they find out I'm a real dancer. And uh, I go, okay. <laughs> and then at the end of rehearsal, they go, okay, you're going to be the lead dancer and you're going to perform with us in one week. Wow. At the Miss South India pageant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's how I ended up on that stage. And I actually performed with that troupe for a couple of months and even traveled a little bit around India with them. Outstanding. Yeah. Again, that was almost, it wasn't really challenge accepted, but you had the know with all in you that you had the confidence to do it anyway from your background of dance growing up and stuff. I had the desire. This desire. is why I wrote. I had the <laughs> desire. It didn't matter if I was good or not. 
I had the desire. I love doing it. <laughs> Obviously, we're good. We made you the lead. <laughs> they, I know they do, but there's this little secret thing too that um, I don't know for sure if it if it was in America they would have made me leave. But when you have this white skin, you stand out, and they thought it made them more elite. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> be front and center. Like, okay, <laughs> I never got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. Are you still in contact with the, the people you met there? I actually am in contact with some of them. That's I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, that was my first trip to India. I had no clue what was going to happen two weeks before the trip. And within those last two weeks, I got all of these connections all of a sudden. Most of the time, I was picked up from the train or bus. I, I was like, like, like somebody um, put me up in their home. They fed wow. me. They even clothed me. They toured me around. Like they gave me my my things to do. It, it was a huge adventure. It's it's really fun to give yourself time and just kind of have this open space and just see what adventures show up in the moment just by staying open and having some flexibility. And those are probably some of my biggest growth experiences and greatest stories. It sounds like an amazing journey, and you'll probably put all that in in one book as well, and not have to collaborate because that is a story right there. It is. It's my life. Yeah, <laughs> it's your life. Yeah, you can do volume one, two, three, whatever. <laughs> I told my mother I would write a book, an autobiography, when I was five. Wow! <laughs> Before I even knew if I would have an interesting life to write about. <laughs> and now look at you. <laughs> <laughs> The world, keynote speaker, dancing, the lead in an Indian in the India show, the shiny object in the India show, as you call it. <laughs> and, so now you're a motivation, now you're a motivational speaker. <laughs> you're motivating others to, to take those uh, advantages of being open and doing things and not being afraid and just stepping forward, stepping into what might be you know, something that they're totally petrified of, but get out there and do it. Expose yourself to something different and it might work out for the best. Yeah, you might not be have a good time one or one or two times, but sometimes it'll be awesome. Yeah. And I mean you're always smiling. You've been smiling since we came on. So <laughs> I love doing this. <laughs> I and I have I've been speaking publicly, but I haven't been doing a lot of these podcast inter interviews and virtual things because I decided that this year I was well since my huge event in February, right? That I was gonna take time to go inward quite a bit more and, and meditate a lot more. So being here, it's, it's so thrilling to be able to, when you, when you speak live, you have the impact of those people in that moment. And it's wonderful. I probably smile this much, you know, except I don't see my face while I'm doing it. There's no mirror right in front of you, right? Uh, when you're speaking, <laughs> when you teach dance, there is. But <laughs> when you teach yoga, there is, right? Um, but uh, but to so to be able to stream out in a platform that can go out to an unlimited people and live evergreen, which then means we get to expand our outreach is, is a huge joy. And so thank you so much for creating this platform and printing the messages of so many great people on your show. 
No problem. And that was our goal when we started to get people's voice heard and uh, their stories heard. Most and beginning was just for veterans to get the pressure off their chest so that we they stay with us. And then they asked for help from others like yourself, a motivator, someone that can teach them maybe about yoga or maybe about dance or even how to write a book or publish it. And that's what we've been doing and getting great minds on here to to help the veteran and first responder community as much as we possibly can. Yeah, thank you. And that video earlier was so sweet. It almost made me want to cry with the museum that's coming up and <laughs> the heart and the stories <laughs> going into that. And uh, one of my guests, he's the he's one of the directors of the museum as it's getting built. So I, I keep it on because when I first watched that, it was the same way. I said, this is an amazing video. It's well put together and it, it sets the message out there for him. Yep. Yeah. So as you know, our audience is heavily veteran and uh, first responders. And a lot of what you do actually helps people in different ways. Uh, mental health is very important for us. Yoga helps it. Uh, meditation definitely helps it. What tips and tricks would you give to some of the audience that maybe get find that open space in their in their head to kind of clear up the cobwebs and stay focused on life and stay stay on focused on going forward? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm gonna say I want to say this: if there's more major PTSDs that you've dealt with. I'm not going to address that at this moment, right? We can talk about that later. Um, but because one of the things I've been thinking about, I'm meditating a lot over the last few months, is, is really how do you sit with yourself? Because once you can sit with yourself, then you can accomplish anything. Once you have filled in your inner strength, you won't be agitated by outside things and you won't be turned off. Your drive won't be turned off by outside things. And the more and more that you create that greater inner strength, the more amazing that life becomes. And that first step is literally sitting with yourself. I'm going to say is the first thing is to release shame. And this is a little more intricate to dive into what are what are some of the techniques to release shame. But what I want to say is to think about the paradigms that have been set on you from the outside or from the inside. And that's usually what says, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm bad if I'm this or I'm that. And that's a judgment. It doesn't have to be true. And in the bigger spiritual picture, I don't believe that there is this bad and good anyways. So we can stop putting ourselves down. Once we can release that shame, release that self-judgment, you'll know if you're judging other people a lot, it means you're judging yourself too. That's a little trick that you can find out. Pretty much your thoughts around other people reflect them back to yourself. Um, so that's also how, you know, oh, am I dealing with something like that? But I would say almost everyone, probably everyone deals with shame. Uh, so once you can release that, create new judgment for yourself, open up potential that yourself can be anything, then it's even easier to sit with yourself. And you notice all the little things that come up and you're going to make a choice as to what is coming up. So that this next, the second stage is to notice what is coming up and then to decide how you're going to transform that. So what we want to do is we want to choose techniques where we're going to uproot from the depths and then plant new seeds. So I've got like hundreds of these techniques 
that I work on with people. Uh, and you mentioned some of these things, whether it's energy healing, the yoga, the meditation, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, yoga nidra is the newest one that I have. I just got certified in yoga nidra as well. Um, it's, it's one of the best, by the way, because you just lay down and you get guided into this whole calming, soothing, meditative process. But in the process of that, you're not just stress relieving and relaxing, you're actually uprooting um, by being able to sit with yourself and notice what's coming up and then choosing what new seeds you want to plant. Um, so that's a beautiful practice as an example of how to work on number two. And then number three is you elevate your energy. And yoga nidra will also help raise your energy. A lot of the meditation mm. techniques that I do will raise energy. And for those of you who feel like, oh, I, I can't sit, um, you know, I, I don't like meditation, whatever it is, then just do the things that you feel raise your energy. If it's turning on music and dancing in your living room, if it's going out to a concert, if it's playing a sport, start with doing those things so that you're raising your energy. You've probably heard of the statement that you can't solve a problem at the level that it's at. So that's also why we want to think about how do we grow and expand above where we've been? Because then the things that seem like problems may literally not feel like problems at all. Those things just, it's like, oh, did I have that? I can't remember. Like, what was that issue? Like, because somebody might remind you too. Oh, you used to be so annoyed about that. I was like, oh, really? Do you even <laughs> sometimes forget? In one of my chapters in the book, it talks about getting a new normal. And, and that's where you get this, you, you elevate. And for a moment, you might notice the difference. But then pretty quickly, you don't, kn you don't know that there was ever a difference from before. You just get used to the new place where you are. Definitely. All that's great advice, too. And I know a lot of us, uh, we go from having that uh, two-second fuse, kind of like you were talking about earlier, that every little thing agitates you to realizing you got to find a place where that doesn't bother you anymore because it really doesn't affect you. It You can control the things you can control and ride the waves on the other things. And you come out on the other side a lot better. And I think uh, you just had a lot of those notes right there. Maybe they'll listen to you more than they listen to me when I say it. For sure, definitely not someone they know. So it's usually that usually helps people a lot better when it's not someone that, that they know or close to them telling them something because all oh, you don't know what you're talking about, but you obviously know because you, you have been through it and you've practiced this. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I always find it funny that we need to hear it from somebody we don't know. You think but, that the people that know us would have the best advice for us, but it's so hard to listen to them sometimes. Exactly. That's why, like spouses. <laughs> Like the best advice is don't give advice to your spouse. Have somebody else give the advice. Call someone else and come and talk to her. Talk. <laughs> say something that I usually say and see what she does. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I go into a lot of corporations and do all kinds of leadership seminars. And I love it when the HR or the director of the group, you know, whoever's the organizer that brings me in is like, would you tell them this? And would you tell them this? Like they need to hear it from someone else. <laughs> It's, it's at all levels. <laughs> so, it's not just in the house. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's easier to listen to someone different than it is to listen to someone that you know. And that's just, yeah. I guess, it's just human nature. So. I think we also feel more compelled in a direction if we hear it more than once. Uh, and this is what's interesting because when I was in the yoga community, 
what was going on inside me. I was not hearing anywhere outside of me. Nowhere. And I'm going, am I, am I crazy? Like, right? Because these are the people I really, I really respect and, and, and look up to, but I, I'm not resonating. It doesn't feel good for me. And then I'm coming up with all these other ideas and I'm going, well, that's wrong. That's not what I'm taught. And then finally, one day intuitively, YouTube is on and there's this picture, Matt Kahn, if any of you have heard of him. I opened up his video. He has over 100,000 followers and he was saying the exact things that were in my head. I'm going, oh. Look, there's a hundred thousand social proof. There's a hundred thousand people <laughs> that are interested in what he has to say. And those are my thoughts. So then I, I started believing in myself more. But what I've also learned from that is to just keep tuning in. There isn't a single other person who needs to agree with you for it to be right for your own path. Right. <laughs> exactly. And as long as you're on your, your path. It's the way to go. You don't have to go on someone else's path to find your way. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. How does someone get in contact with you, Avital, to maybe have you speak at their corporation or maybe do one-on-one -on -one talking or, or some way that you can help them? Yeah, I would love to. I would love to help and give talks to other corporations. And you can visit my site, avitalmiller.com. The trick with Avital is that it's spelled like a vital. A, V as in victory, I, T as in talented, A, L. So my email, info at avitalmiller.com is another way to connect with me. And I'm working on, on upgrading my site so you can actually fill out a form and say, I want her to speak on these dates. And it'll, it'll be a little bit more automated. But you have to contact me a little bit more directly. But I do have information about myself as a speaker on the site. Awesome. And the website is going across the bottom right now. If you're on, if you're watching visually, if not, uh, Avital just spelled it for you. So you should have it and it'll be in the notes as well. So Avital, thank you for taking some of your time, uh, your busy time, because I know you're, you're on the road and to, to hang out with us in the Misfit Nation and share a lot of your knowledge with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. And um, I, there, there's, I just want to say this, my heart goes out also for everyone who's listening, for all of our first responders, for everyone who served, for the amount of courage and sacrifice that you have all made and how that continues to live on in you. And, you know, just my props and I want to offer as much as I support, as I can support also for moving on to make a great life for yourself. Outstanding. Thank you, Avital. That was awesome. And uh, you know, listeners, she she put the the olive branch out there. Reach out and grab it and and see what she can do for you. And if you have a business, see if you can, she can come in and motivate your your employees to do better and greater things for you and for them. So once again, thank you, Avital, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com it's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear as always, be humble stay hungry and keep hustling because we are